0: All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Wagers Ragers. Um, This is week five in the NFL, and uh, I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, coming to you from New Jersey.
1: I'm in New Jersey.
0: Also joining me, as always, from the state of New Jersey as well,
1: I'm in New Jersey,
0: John. The Hedgehog donath The
1: Hedgehog.
0: <laughs> Hello, everyone. We are missing uh, Michael Caracosa from the left coast. However, he'll be back next week, I'm sure. And our guest host, Eric the Marine Navarro from Virginia, is also not joining us today. So you just got the two of us, but you got the two best. So best. here we go. Um, let's quickly recap week four and our respective picks. I had uh Tampa Bay against the Chargers uh at the time of our podcast, Tampa Bay was giving seven points at game time it went up to seven and a half, and when it went up to seven and a half i s you know i I had texted with John and I said i didn't or Michael or john both of maybe both of them that i didn't like the game then when it went to seven and a half and I'm glad I stayed away from it because Tampa Bay won um by only seven points, so it would have turned out to be a push had I put the game in before I had gone up to seven and a half. Uh, thankfully, I didn't. And uh, Tampa Bay, you know, probably should have lost that game because they outscored the Chargers twenty-four to seven in the second half and put up ten unanswered points in the fourth quarter to pull that game out. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm not really quite sure what to make of Tampa Bay because just this past Thursday they lost to the Chicago Bears. I think maybe they have. Uh, I think it's Tom Brady's kryptonite is Nick Foles since he was the starting quarterback for the Chicago bears, much like Eli Manning is also uh Tom Brady's kryptonite. So maybe that's the case. I don't know. I mean, Tampa Bay looked pretty good in their first few games other than the charger game. So we'll have to wait and see what kind of team Tampa Bay is moving forward. My, uh, my second game was, Raiders and Bills, and I really thought the Raiders at home were gonna show up and make this a a game and possibly even pull this out and win it because I wasn't really impressed with how the Bills had won their games. I mean, they were undefeated. However, you know, they barely beat the Dolphins. Um, They only beat the Jets by 10 points. So I really thought the Raiders were gonna play well, and they didn't. Uh, You know, they were down 30 to 16 at one point in the fourth quarter, they put up a garbage touchdown with like a minute and a half to go and made it a close game, 30-23, to 23, but that's not really indicative of how they played in this game. And so uh, I I put my bet in at three and a half, you know, with the Raiders getting points, and and that was a loser, unfortunately. So, John, how'd you do last week?
1: It was actually a pretty good week. Uh, of course, I took the the Eagles game as I do every week. Uh, and although I said that I didn't feel good about it and I didn't because my team has made me nervous this year with how they've played I like the Eagles getting points at San Francisco the line I think was originally like seven or seven and a half went all the way up to nine I took it at eight and a half and I took it at nine uh, and of course the Eagles won the game outright by five so cashed on both of those uh, as far as the props go I loved Kittle in this game, and Kittle was an absolute monster for the Niners against the Eagles. The Eagles linebackers could not cover George Kittle anywhere on the field, so I took and hit both receptions and the yards for Kittle. Also had a couple of nice hedges last week. The uh, in-game hedges. For example, the Giants-Rams, that spread in-game went all the way up to 17.5. I took it twice. Giants getting 13 and a half, and again later Giants getting 17 and a half and cashed both of those um, also a bit of a long bomb shot hit Carson Wentz to score the first touchdown in that Eagles Niners game one prop that I didn't hit on but I'm using it as you'll hear later on in the podcast uh, Greg Ward four and a half catches last week I liked that a lot because the Eagles wide receiver core is absolutely decimated and Carson Wentz has been looking Greg, Greg Ward's way a lot recently uh he had four catches in the first half so i felt really good about that didn't have another catch for the rest of the game so i lost that but as you'll hear later i'm thinking about taking it again and i'll tell you why that's what they call a tease in the business jt i love it uh i also hedged on that giant ram
0: game too and i hit on that so i am joining the uh hedge party sort of speak hedge party. so let's move on to week five and, uh, as always, we we analyze our uh, respective teams who are playing this week. As everybody knows, my team is the New York Jets. I'm not very proud of that right now, given the fact that they are the hands-down worst team in the NFL, um, and my uh, compadre, Eric, will agree with me, as uh, he has... It's not mince words when it comes to the New York Jets. So who are the Jets playing this week? Well, they're home. Does that really mean anything? No. Uh, They're playing the Arizona Cardinals, who, quite frankly, have really let me down over the last two weeks. I took them against the Lions a couple weeks ago, and they didn't show up. I really thought that they were a for-real team. But, you know, coming off two straight losses, you need that magic elixir to get you healthy again. And what does that come in? It comes in the form of the New York Jets. You play the worst team in the league, you get healthy. The Cardinals are giving seven and a half points on DraftKings. They are away, but it really doesn't matter because there's no fans in the stands. So I don't really give any credence to that quote-unquote home field advantage. And it really doesn't mean anything to me that the Cardinals are traveling from Arizona to New Jersey to play at MetLife Stadium. Uh, The Jets are terrible. And if the Jets lose this game, they will go to 0-5. They haven't been 0-5 since 1996. And what happened in 1996, as all Jet fans know, this was the Richie Kotite era. 1-15, in their worst record in franchise history. But alas, it can get worse. The Jets' best chance of winning a game was last week against Denver. They had their third-string quarterback in the game, and he lit up the Jets, and the Jets lost to Denver. That was their only shot at winning a game this year. They're going to get crushed by the Cardinals. No Sam Darnold. So who steps in? Joe, I am a statue Flacco. He's shot. Hasn't started a game since week eight last year for Denver. Got waived after the season. He's coming off surgery for a herniated disc. He is going to get destroyed by the Cardinals. The Cardinals are getting healthy. They, have, they were missing their three top safeties last week, and their pro bowler, Buda Baker, is coming back this week, as well as the other two safeties that, were, that, that didn't play last week. Uh, the Jets are a mess. No Sam Darnold. No first-round draft pick left tackle, Makai Becton, who's been the best rookie this year so far. No Brashad Perryman. Jordan Jenkins is probably not playing. Le'Veon Bell is back, but does that really matter? He played last year, and he was terrible. And Adam Gase doesn't even like him, doesn't use him effectively, and probably won't again this week. So the Cardinals are laying seven and a half all day. If the line was eight or nine, it'd still take the Cardinals. Jets are going to get destroyed. I wouldn't be surprised if after this game Adam Gase gets fired. We'll see. Dare to dream. Uh, I'm going with the Cardinals laying the seven and a half. The over-under is 47. I don't like betting over-under, so I'm going to stay away from it. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, the Jets might not put up a single point, so it could go under. Jets may put up some garbage points, and it may go over. So I'm going to stay away. Uh, I'm just going to bet heavy on the, uh, the Cardinals laying seven and a half. John, any thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny. I Actually, in my notes here, I have written down two things under this game to ask you about, and that was Flacco, question mark. Bell question mark and my questions were going to be does the fact that Flacco's coming in mean anything to you could that juice the offense at all what about Le'Veon Bell coming in is he is he playing for you know to showcase himself for his next team I think I have your answer (laughs) and that neither neither one of those two things mean anything to you substantively I think I agree here's the thing I it's unlikely that the Jets go undefeated right yeah I'm pretty sure I mean winless here Carry on. <laughs> Crazy things happen in the NFL and really horrible teams come out and end up winning a game in t- game or two and nobody can predict it. You know, everybody thought the Dolphins were going to go winless last year. But that's just the thing, right? I think the Jets will win one of these games, but good luck predicting which one it is. And I am not going to be the one to stake my flag out on any one of these games and saying, yep, this is the week the Jets come out and win the miracle game of, of the year. It could happen this week but I'm not touching it. If I was going to bet the game, I would do the same thing. I would take the Cardinals and lay the seven and a half.
0: Yeah. And just to sort of add on to that, um, you know, looking at the player props, I think Kyler Murray's going to have a big day on the ground. I, I don't know how he's going to do in the air. I mean, the Jets defense all around has been terrible and it's, and it's disappointing because that their defense was actually pretty decent last year under Greg Williams, but they just have not showed up this year. So Kyler Murray right now, is uh the rushing yard total is 44 and a half i like the over i you're laying 112 to win 100 i also think deandre hopkins is going to have a monster day against that jet secondary the over yardage is 73 and a half laying 112 to win 100 and the receptions are six and a half actually laying 100 to win 106 so i I like all three of those props. Kyler Murray over 44 and a half yards rushing. DeAndre Hopkins over 73 and a half receiving yards and over six and a half receptions. Kyler Murray is going to go to him all day long. He is a stud receiver, if not the best receiver in the game right now. And like I said, the Jets are the magic elixir. Everyone gets healthy on the New York Jets. So uh, those two players I could think are going to have big games uh, tomorrow afternoon at MetLife Stadium. So, John, who do you like
1: this week? Let's talk about your Eagles. Let's do it. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles at Steelers this week, the Battle of Pennsylvania Supremacy. The Eagles are getting seven points on the road here. Uh, Interesting thing, this is going to be the first game this year that the Eagles play in front of live fans. There's expected to be around 5,500 fans in the seats for the Steelers. The Steelers are one of the best teams in the league. I believe it. I think their defense is legit. They've got a lot of great players on that side of the ball. I love Vince Williams. I love Minka Fitzpatrick. Big Ben is back and throwing the ball around. James Conner is still okay after a scare week one. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson is back. The Steelers are a very good team. But I'm going to look at this game again for the second week in a row with green tinted glasses. And here's why. The Steelers and Eagles obviously have been playing for decades the Eagles have actually done fairly well against the Steelers in their last 10 the Eagles are seven and three against the Steelers both against the spread and straight up now you might listen to that and say well why would you take the Eagles here the Eagles are the walking wounded I've talked about it every single week they've been absolutely decimated by injuries on the offensive line and the wide receiver core pretty much everywhere you can think of Uh, Alshon Jeffrey looks like he's close to getting back but he's not going to play this week Deshaun Jackson is going to be out again this week Dallas Goddard is out again I'm not going to run through all of the players that are going to be out because that would take up the rest of the podcast but I saw last week what I was looking for from the Eagles and that's that they're not going to roll over and die. They've still got a little bit of juice. Carson Wentz played probably his best game of the year after a few dreadful efforts last week. And even though the Steelers do have a great defense, they have the second overall team defense, the Eagles just beat the 49ers, who had the number three overall team defense. Another factor to look at here is the Steelers just had that debacle with the Titans where they had their game pushed back. So the Steelers had a surprise bye week this past week. And you might look at that initially and say, oh, goodness gracious, the Eagles are already playing a really good team. Now that team's coming off their bye, extra time to prepare. Now the Eagles are really in trouble? Maybe not. Look at it. In their last six games following a bye, the Steelers are just one and five. So it's not a foregone conclusion that just because the Steelers have had extra time here that they're going to be even more prepared to beat the Eagles. That's not what happened in their last – Six games after a bye week, especially with all of that upheaval with the Titans, maybe that even makes it a little bit worse. I look for the Eagles to keep it close here. I think the Eagles could potentially even pull this one out outright, um, but I'll take the Eagles getting seven on the road here. And this is definitely going to be one I'm going to pay close attention to. If the Steelers score first, and that spread hops above 10, maybe gets into the 12-13 range, I'll hammer it, again, hammer it again for a hedge. Before I go into my props, do you have any thoughts on just the game? Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I agree with you. I think the Steelers are a really, really good team. Uh, their defense is lights out. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I, I don't trust the Eagles. I know that they beat the 49ers last week, but it's not the same 49ers team. They, you know um, – playing with a backup quarterback, I get it. He's pretty decent, but their defense is decimated. And I think San Francisco was due for a loss. I mean, they played the Jets and the Giants. Both teams are terrible. And, you know, I was surprised that the Eagles pulled it out and won that game last week, but I don't really put a whole lot of stock in that. I think that the Eagles are going to have a really tough time scoring points against the Steelers. So if it were me, I uh, I would take the points. I'd be sorry. I would give the points with the Steelers, and, uh, and bet the Steelers, especially being at home uh, and having fans in the stands this week. So I'm going to go the other way on this game. I know you're, you're looking at this game through those green-tinted glasses. Um, I used to do the same thing with my team, but I've learned the hard way that, you know, don't do that with the New York Jets. I get it. You've got, you have a little bit more credibility with the Eagles, considering they won a Super Bowl recently. Um,
1: so I'm gonna, I would take the Steelers in this game. Yep. Listen, that's completely understandable. I mean, obviously the point spread is a touchdown. That really says something. Um, I think Darius Slay has been really big for the Eagles though, in addition to at at cornerback. And I think they stick him on Juju and see what happens. I think at a minimum we got a hedge opportunity. Now I do have some props I want to talk about quickly here. I actually like Carson Wentz over one and a half uh, passing touchdowns at plus 150 fantastic odds on this one. Um, And I think he is going to have to throw to keep the Eagles in this game. Steelers obviously have had a really good defense like we talked about, but they're allowing on average two touchdown passes a game anyway. So if the Steelers defense just does what they've done so far this whole year, Carson Wentz has a chance at those two touchdown passes. So I love that at plus 150. Also rushing yards, Carson Wentz, only 14 and a half rushing yards for the quarterback at minus 112, which is about the middle line here in most of the props. I love that. I think Carson Wentz is going to keep running because he feels like he has to put this Eagles team on his back. The Steelers obviously have a good pass rush, so he's going to have opportunities to run. I'll take that. Miles Sanders had an interesting comment this week that he feels very comfortable going back into Pittsburgh. The last time Miles Sanders played on this field was I think two years ago when uh, Penn State crushed Pitt and he had an excellent game while uh, with the Nittany Lions. I like both his rushing yards and combined rushing and receiving. The rushing is only 54.5 at minus 112. The combined rushing and receiving is 82.5 at minus minus. Uh, 112 he would have crushed both of those numbers in two out of his three games Uh, the last game he would not have hit it but he missed some of the second half with an injury um, and there's not supposed to be any any uh, ill effects still lingering about that injury another one I like switch sides of the ball now to the Steelers Eric Ebron at tight end the Eagles got massacred by George Kittle last week their linebackers cannot cover the tight end uh, Eric, Ebron, Eric Ebron has some nice numbers as far as props go this week. Three-and-a-half receptions. I like the over on that at plus 110, 37 and a half yards at minus 112. I'm taking both of those. Last prop I got on this game, I alluded to it earlier. Greg Ward at plus four-and-a-half catches, plus 123. You got to love those odds. Like I said, Greg Ward had four catches by halftime last week. And just because of, you know, weird game flow, he never got another catch. I like him to finally get that fifth catch this week, maybe a week late uh, and hit the over on that as well. So I'm going to agree with
0: you on one of your props, and I'm going to disagree with you on another. I'm going to agree with you on the Carson Wentz over 14 and a half rushing yards. I think he's going to be running for his life. I think he's going to turn the corner a couple times And he's going to go over that 14 and a half yards rushing because the Steelers with Bud Dupree and, you know, the other defensive players on that line are just, I I watched them against the Giants and they just annihilated um, the Giants. And so that kind of leads me into my disagreement with you. And that's on Miles Sanders. I saw that Steelers defense eat up Saquon Barkley where he could not even get past the line of scrimmage. So I like the under with Miles Sanders rushing under 54 and a half yards rushing uh, against that Steelers defense. So that's where I'm going to disagree with you on, on this game. Uh, But we'll see what happens. You know, that's why they play the game. So John, I know you got two other games, so I'm going to let you go second. uh, Talk to us about your second game and then I'll step in with my second game and then we'll finish up with your third
1: game. So who do you got second? Sounds good. I took a look at the slate this week, and my eyes were drawn uh, immediately to actually the Monday night game, Uh, and that's the Chargers at the Saints. Chargers getting nine points at the Saints. Now, again, you might look at this game initially and say, well, you know, New Orleans Saints, they're scoring 30.8 points a game. The Los Angeles Chargers, another team that's been crushed by injuries. They lost their safety, Derwin James, for the year. Melvin Ingram, they've had problems on the offensive line. Uh, They've been missing Mike Williams. Uh, Their starting quarterback got injured, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the Chargers would have covered nine points in every single game this year. Meanwhile, the Chargers defense has still played really well everybody saw that Chargers uh, Chiefs game and the kind of pass rush that the Chargers can still impose even without Melvin, Melvin Ingram. They're actually number 10 overall in the league uh, at scoring defense. The Chargers actually look like they're going to get Mike Williams back for this game. Uh, Joey Bosa was a little nicked up, but I think he's expected to play right now. Meanwhile, the Saints have injury problems of their own. Marshawn Lattimore, and uh, Malcolm Jenkins did not practice on Friday. There's a question as to whether their starting tackle, uh, Ryan Ramcheck will play, and of course, there's a question as to whether or not superstar wide receiver, Michael Thomas, will play. Add that all in, and the Saints have only won by nine points or more once this year, so I have seen the Chargers play a few games this year. I really like the way Justin Herbert plays. He looks, you know, well beyond his years as far as being a rookie quarterback. Seems like he's got a little uh, chemistry going with Mike Williams, who's back. Uh, He can get the ball deep. I like the Chargers in this game, plus nine, another hedge opportunity. If New Orleans scores early and that spread hits a double-digit points, I'll hammer it again. So I would actually take the Chargers plus nine in this game. Uh, it's the Monday night game, so on DraftKings, there's no player props yet, but I knew I wanted to take that. Do you have any thoughts on that game? Yeah, I'm going to agree with
0: you. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure what to make of the New Orleans Saints. I don't think that they're as good as they, they have been in past years. And giving nine points to the Los Angeles Chargers, I, I know the Chargers – you know, they're not world beaters either, but they really looked pretty good against Tampa Bay last week, at least in the first half of the game. And Justin Herbert, I think he's the real deal. I mean, he is really playing well as a rookie. So I would take the Chargers as well, and I'd take those nine points. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's those are my thoughts on the game. I, I actually looked at this game and thought to myself, maybe this is a game that I'll analyze, and I'm actually glad that you talked about it because – I do think that this is going to be a close game. I don't, I don't really, uh, I don't believe in the Saints uh, as much as I would have in past years. So I would take the Chargers and the, uh, and the nine points. All right, so uh, I'm going to move on to my second game, which is Chiefs and Raiders. So the Raiders are traveling to Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City, where Kansas City's had fans in the stands since day one. The line on DraftKings right now is uh, the Chiefs giving 11.5 points. The over-under is 56.5. So I'm going to talk about the Chiefs not like you would think I'm going to talk about the Chiefs. I'm going to talk about the Chiefs from a defensive perspective. The Chiefs have the second-ranked scoring defense, and they are fifth overall in total defense. Not unlike the Chiefs. The Chiefs usually are, you you know, gunning the ball down the field with Mahomes high-scoring offense. Their offense really hasn't showed up the way they did last year in their Super Bowl win. So let's talk about the defense. They have, you know, Pro Bowl, Tyron Tyron Matthew, uh, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. uh, You know, their defense is really stout. And the Raiders, the Raiders are a well-balanced team, but they're a well-balanced mediocre team. They're 13th ranked in uh, pass attack. They're 15th ranked in rushing offense. So they're middle of the road. You know, there's 32 teams in the league, so they're right there in the middle. That's not going to be good enough to beat Kansas City in Kansas City or, in my opinion, keep the game close. Um, the Raiders had COVID issues. Their defensive tackle, Maurice Hurst, is on the COVID list. And now just today, it was released that a Chiefs assistant tested positive for COVID. So. We're going to have to see, I guess, you know, hour to hour, whether this game actually goes off. Right now it's still on. And uh, I guess we'll have to play a wait-and-see approach. Uh, So in Derek Carr's six starts in Kansas City, he's lost them all. All of them. He's had nine turnovers in those six games. Um, The Raiders are 31st in points allowed and yards per play. They're last in sacks and takeaways. This has the making of a complete blowout by the Chiefs. So I'm going to lay the 11 and a half points. I'm going to take the Chiefs at home uh, and I'm going to go with the Chiefs all day long. You know, bet the Chiefs until the Chiefs let you down. They didn't let me down against the Ravens. I bet them and cashed in on that. They didn't let me down against the Patriots. Bet them, cashed in on that game as well. So I'm taking the chiefs. I'm laying the 11 and a half points. And there really were no player props released for this game, which was a little strange. Uh, They had touchdown scores, which I really like to stay away from. So I don't have any player props in this game. John, any thoughts on chiefs Raiders?
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, I actually think the Raiders are a better team this year than they were last year. They've shown me a little something, but the problem is they're playing the chiefs. And I think the chiefs are better this year than they were last year. And You might have heard they won the Super Bowl. They're the best team in the league uh, by quite a bit, I would say. They've got the best player in the league, Patrick Mahomes, and maybe the best coach today, Andy Reid, as far as offensive minds go. Um, I would not be surprised if this turned into a blowout. Derek Carr's problems in Kansas City are well documented. His numbers there are horrible. Um, But I would probably stay away. I don't like laying double-digit points for obvious reasons. You know, you you could get a, a backdoor garbage cover, something like that. Or you know that the Chiefs just could have an off game, come back and still win, but it might be by like eight or nine points, and you, and you end up losing. Listen, I would not be surprised if the Chiefs blow out the uh, Raiders, but I'm staying away from the, uh, staying away from this game. Excuse me, unless a hedge opportunity presents itself during the game. Good stuff. All right, so John, you have your third game. Uh, why don't you tell us who you like? All right, another game that popped out to me, and I do sort of look for the double-digit point spreads coming out of the gate, and I did see another one that I thought was interesting. Bengals at Ravens. Bengals plus 12 and a half. I love the Ravens this year. I think they're a great team. I think they're a Super Bowl contender. I think they're the second-best team in football behind the Chiefs. I love Lamar Jackson. However, this is a division game, right? So you often see that division opponents play each other very tightly, very closely. Very tough, uh, even though one team might be, you know, headed to, towards the playoffs and the other team might be headed toward a top five pick. Took a look at the games last year. In two games between Baltimore and Cincinnati, Baltimore did beat up on the Bengals in Cincinnati 49-13. to It wasn't close. But just about a year ago in Baltimore, the Bengals were able to keep it close, still losing 23-17. to While the Ravens are the best team that Cincinnati has played this year, Take a look at what Cincinnati has done. They've been able to keep every game close. They lost by three week one. They lost by five week two. They tied with Philly gag. Don't even make me think about that. And then last week, they beat Jacksonville by eight. Obviously, none of those teams are Baltimore, but we're talking about a 12 and a half point spread here. So I'm going to go this way I'm going to take the Bengals on the road, give me the 12 and a half, also with my eye on the hedge. With this thinking, division opponents, Bengals potentially uh, able to keep it close. And we've seen Burrow come out firing at the end of games every single game so far. This is another opportunity for a backdoor garbage cover. So I would take the Bengals. Give me the 12 and a half points. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Just like you don't like taking double digit favorites. I don't like taking double digit favorites either, except if they're the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's why I took them this week but I can't take the Baltimore Ravens laying 12 and a half points because just like you said, Cincinnati has kept their games close. And so, you know, 12 and a half points for me is just too much to lay. So I like the I like the Bengals. They've kept all their games close. I don't see any reason why they can't keep this game close either.
1: Uh, So yeah, I'm with you. I'll take the Bengals and I'll take those 12 and a half points. Couple of props to I'm looking at Joe Burrow. I've been really impressed with him so far. I think he looks like a professional quarterback, worthy of the number one pick. Um, passing touchdowns. His over/under is one and a half at plus 117. I love those odds. Baltimore is averaging giving up 1.5 touchdowns a, a game anyway. Just have a feeling about this one. I think Burrow is going to get that second touchdown. I think he's going to have to throw a lot, like I said. And if it's a situation where he has, you know, an opportunity to take the Bengals down the field and get a garbage touchdown. That could be the second of the game. Also, Lamar Jackson, 57 and rushing yards. High number, I know. At minus 112, just, just okay odds. Not really great. Um, but I think that Lamar Jackson is kind of about to go on a run right now. I think he's about to remind everyone exactly how good he was last year. And I think this is going to be the beginning of it. So I would actually take the over on 57 and a half rushing yards. This next one, I absolutely love, love, love it. Tyler Boyd, five and a half receptions at plus 122. He would have crushed that in his last three games. Burrell really looks like he's looking for Tyler Boyd a lot. He was force-feeding A.J. Green at first. Over the last month, he's really been going towards Tyler Boyd. And the difference is Tyler Boyd has been catching the ball, so I expect that to keep going. So give me the over on five and a half receptions at plus 122. And then this last one is really just kind of a hunch. Uh, I've watched a little bit of Baltimore play this year and I do feel like that Willie Sneed seems to come in and get a couple of big first down catches you know he doesn't dominate any game, but I saw that his over under for catches is two and a half with really great odds plus 143. Uh, yards receiving yards for Willie Sneed is 24 and a half at minus 112 he would have hit the yards hit the over on the yards twice this year he only would have hit the over on the receptions once but I don't know I just have a hunch about this one I'm gonna lay a little bit of money on the Willie Sneed props because I see him catching a couple of balls from Lamar Jackson what say you yeah
0: so the prop that really stood out to me and just like you said is Tyler Boyd I mean seems like Tyler Boyd and Joe Burrow really have uh, a good chemistry going right now. And when I saw five and a half receptions, especially the the, the money on it, plus 122 to lay 100, you know, I, I don't want to say it's too good to be true, but he just seems to be his favorite target now. And so, and I'm really impressed with Joe Burrow this year. He's really come out. He's really um, uh, done very well as a rookie. He's really impressed me. And so I like the over on Tyler Boyd over five and a half receptions. And it's a really, really good odds on that too. So yeah, it's the one prop that I really like in this game. Into our last segment, which is the tracks that we like this week. I'm gonna go with an old school track, but it's a new school track. It's called Castles in the Sky. And it's been remade by Marlo and Triodi with vocals by Helene. I had Marlo a couple weeks ago. Marlo is on fire. Uh, he does a fantastic job remaking Castles in the Sky, and an excellent trance version, and those vocals are just delicious. So that's my track this week. John, what do you got?
1: Good stuff, right there. Um, my track of the week sort of going from a uh... Not quite old school, just from a couple of years ago, actually. Uh, a song by a little group who we've shouted out before in this podcast, Glitch Matrix. Uh, and the reason why I'm going with this track is because we are in October now, almost mid October. It's getting to be that, well, it is that Halloween time right now. And this track has a very, you know, a very uh, spooky Halloweenish kind of vibe to it. I love listening to it during the Halloween season. Um, there's a cool little breakdown in the middle with some, uh, you know, uh, vocals going on there. So check it out. I think it's perfect for this season. Glitch Matrix. The track is called Watchers.
0: great stuff i love glitch matrix they're my favorite duo in the entire world all right everybody out there all you listeners put your bets in tomorrow and good luck wagers ragers we are out for week five see you next week Boom.